Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future of this episode, for that is where we are going to spend the next few hours of our lives. And remember, my friends, that future episodes such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the movies, the bad, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the almost full story of what happened on that fateful day of recording. We are giving to you all the blunders, all of the mess-ups, and all of the confusion based only on the recorded testimony of the tired and miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The screw-ups, the out-of-order sequences, we can't keep it a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty hosts. Let us reward the innocent slips. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking recording about Plan 9 from Outer Space? It's on the middle of the road, jackass! Can you tell me where cornbread is? Turkey! Thanksgiving. You have to fix me. Not to fix you? Yeah, you have to edit me out. Edit, edit that out. <laughs> like, fuck it, I can't even say grave digging. <laughs> oh, edit all this hey, out. Hey, but let me ask you something there, Joe. Hey, can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. That, that brother that's coming over there in the darkness part of the land here. You know, we're over here in the sunlight. The person over there in the darkness, it's not the bra we just dug up and put in the hole? Did we yeah. just fill that hole in with that bra? Isn't yeah. that, that guy crying over there? Wasn't that his wife? Yes, guys. How the hell did she get out of the hole just seconds ago? I don't understand. We're right here at the hole. I don't believe that is her. You know what? There's some crazy shit. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Another Movie Nights (sighs) Turkey Fest 2022. (laughs) If Criswell was here right now, he would say, My friends. Welcome to the future. <laughs> that means only one thing, guys. I wish we're talking about we're here. We're turkey. I said it again. We're talking about the number one turkey. The number one turkey. We're at the end of the month. Number one. November and Turkey Fest is closing, and we only had one more pick, and it was Joe's. I feel like all of them were mine, but and she picked yes something the lead actor called. If this director had a million dollars, it still would have been a big piece of shit. (laughs) It's also voted as one of the worst movies ever made. And in fact, the director was hailed as the worst director of all time. And we're talking about the epic Kelton trilogy masterpiece. Scared? Well, why do I get hooked up with these spook details? Monsters, graves, bodies. All right. Detective Kelton, this is a trilogy. Yes. <laughs> Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> That's right, my friends. Plan 9 from Outer Space. You know, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, or a.k.a. 
Grave robbers from outer space. Yeah, and the only reason it was because it was called that is because he was trying to escape the people that he owed money to. He changed the name so they can put it out in the south. Very crazy. Yeah. Well, so this is the Edward masterpiece okay, this that is, you picked. This is the Edward masterpiece, and I'm sorry. Okay, I don't care what anyone says. This movie is not the worst movie ever made. It is let's not. let's just go on record right now and just say we love this movie. We love this movie, and. I am not going to tolerate any haters this saying is, that this is the worst movie ever made. I am not going to tolerate it. This is the movie that started the whole so bad it's good craze. Because when someone tells you that this is the worst movie ever made and you go watch it and it's this entertaining, it goes down in history as so bad it's good. This is a B-movie masterpiece. It's amazing. I mean, look this at is, this the cast of characters that he chose to be in this film, okay? Just, first of all, we have... When you say chose, you mean a whole bunch of friends that he gathered around <laughs> well, and, and paid one actress $200. Well, he, he had to pay Vampira. Yeah, 200 bucks. Myla. And Myla Nermy. Nermy. Um, but, I mean, look at the... He got Bella Lugosi. Okay. Not, not, did not pick him for this movie. Actually well, filmed some Bella Lugosi footage and yes. then made a whole movie around the footage that he had. Yes. Well, he befriended Bella Lugosi and, you know, mm-hmm. then obviously things happened from there. But then he got Tor Johnson, a wrestling sensation at the time. And the, the guy cannot act. He can barely speak English. I will go on record and say that most of these people cannot act. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, come on. I love Detective Kelton more than anybody else. Are you sure you mean that, Lieutenant? Yeah. But this, these people, oof. Well, Every single one of these people was a luck-in. He, he is the king of guerrilla filmmaking. This guy, you got to give this guy all the credit for what he tried to do. He tried so hard to be a director so hard to be a writer he just wanted to make films and he did it any way he could unfortunately his motto was next movie next movie next movie none of it was really taking his time he knew that this was his masterpiece and it is yeah he knew i mean if you look at edward's resume i mean there are some bad movies the kelton trilogy is great Yes. Let's just face facts. The Kelton trilogy, which is Bride of the Monster and Night of the Ghoul. Yeah. Are I mean, so much fun. They're all so bad. But this is the best of the three. I mean, yeah. It, first of all, uh, yeah, we've seen movies by Ed Wood that are really bad. I mean, I, I understand why people were saying that he's like the worst director of all time. I could see at the time people the must have been like, look at this pile of crap. I, I mean, yes. there is... This movie is riddled with problems. It, it is. I mean, the whole... You can't help but watch this movie and just laugh. If because you can't smile throughout this thing, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you, for sure. But, like, I, I, I mean, this movie is just such a classic in the fact that, like, if you, if you are into you know, cinema movies at all, and especially if you watch B-movies... This movie takes the cake. I mean, it is terrible acting. It is, I mean, terrible directing. I mean, it the is. The worst sets you've I ever mean, seen. I mean, the worst, like, 
bubblegum plastic crap sets you've ever seen, but it's so comical that you can't help but to fall in love with it. Agreed. And, you know, it's just... Well, you, let me... You wonder what his choices, why he made these choices, but then you know why he made these choices, because he really tried. He did. He tried. He was rushing through. He yeah. wanted to get this out because the backers gave him money. He had an idea. He rushed it into production as quick as he could because he was doing it as gorilla as you can get it. He was doing it on the fly, yeah. quick, trying to escape permits, uh, breaking in into uh, sets. He, I mean, he was you know, breaking into they, they, the, they were doing the studio yeah. to take props and things that he needed for his movie. So that's a crime. Using so, the same shower curtain in every scene that he could. This guy <laughs> went for it. He was, okay. Yeah, well, all right. Well, let me just, add, real fast, though, before we start talking. Yeah. How many times do you think you've seen this film? Oh, my God. I, I want to say I've seen it in, in reality I at least 20 times. And, what, I mean, I don't know. When was the first time you really understood that this was a thing and you watched it? Um, I think when the first time I actually discovered this movie was when I was when I when I saw the movie Ed Wood, you know, with Johnny Depp, Tim mm -hmm. Burton, and then I realized, oh my God, because this that was back in like '94, I want to say that mm -hmm. movie came out, and then when I saw that these Wait. movies were real, like th these were real movies just based on this guy's life, I got really intrigued. And you saw it way later. You didn't see Edward in the theater. N no, I didn't see it in the theater. No, I didn't. Um, I saw it later on and I fell madly in love with it. I fell madly in love with the movie Edward. I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's like one of my top five movies of all time. Stop. I love it. Stop. I love it. <laughs> it is such a great movie. Yeah, I, I actually had seen this movie by accident surprisingly so i loved at the in the 90s tim burton was the guy johnny yeah. depp was the guy and i would see anything but i had seen plan nine from outer space accidentally on one of those late night cheese fests probably up all night on uh i can't really remember when oh where with it was. uh ronda sheer uh the other yeah. one i thought ronda sheer was the only oh. All night person. I thought there was another person, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. So, yeah, I, I, I think it might have seen it on Up All Night, one of those channels. I feel like I must have maybe seen it with Elvira. Oh. I don't really know, but I saw this movie really young. And when the Tim Burton movie came out, I ran to it because I was obsessed with Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. And I ran to this movie. It made me fall in love all over again with all of this because it just so celebrated this this guy who tried and at the time i had the video camera and i was trying to make little videos and mm -hmm. you just fell in love. i fell in love i also think this is not only tim, the tim burton you know ed wood movie i hold it as one of the best movies ever made i know it's really high to me so and I also think it's right, Johnny Depp. Right, and you Depp's. said that it was, you You said, stop it, when I said this is in my top five. Oh, this I thought is... you meant the actual Ed Wood movie that we just were talking oh, about Oh, no, today. Ed Wood, Ed Wood oh, by, see, I, by yeah, Tim, Tim Burton's Burton. Burton. Yes, okay. it's always been one of my favorite movies. Oh, okay, I thought you yeah. meant the other way around. Um, no. <laughs> that's why I said, stop, <laughs> please, stop. No, um, not, not planned nine. Yeah, uh, Johnny, I think it's Johnny Depp's masterpiece. It I is. think it's Tim Burton's masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I Martin Landau... 
incredible. It's a classic, and it made me fall in love with this all over again. And, yeah. and luckily, I had a friend who had an Angora sweater box set with oh. all of Ed Wood's movies on VHS. I think that's worth a ton of money. I now. wish I had it. I, I'm so jealous that they had that, and it was a thing that existed. Yeah. I love this, and so, yeah. I didn't know if uh, I had watched it with you and made you watch it I think first. that I did watch it with you first, but I think I saw it on Riff Tracks or Mystery well, Science Theater. That would have been with me. No, they never did it. No, they didn't. You know Where why did they, I see this then? They never... I thought I showed you. Maybe I thought you I made, did. I said, well, you shared Witchboard with me. I had to share oh, something Oh, that's right. You. you know what? Yeah, I think I do. I have to credit you with this, with making me watch Plan 9 and you made me fall in love with movies. it. And it's... I couldn't believe what I Ed, But then you have to watch Plan 9 after watching Ed Wood. Yes. I think that's how we did that. Yeah, so I watched Ed Wood, and then I was like, this can't be real. I have to see this movie. I have to. This can't be real. Yeah. And you said, all these movies are real. This is a real person. You know, it was before I knew a whole lot about, you know, movies and movie making and all that stuff, like mm -hmm. directors. And so, yeah, I, I fell in love with everything about Ed Wood. I thought he was brilliant in, yeah. like, a really odd way. And it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. And Bella Lugosi. I, fucking of Dracula. Course, Dracula. I mean, come on. He played Dracula in 1931. Like, I could talk. I was involved. Yeah. I was all in. I could that. talk about Adam Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. All day long, being a fan of these characters from childhood for so long. long. So right off the bat, would you want to jump in or you want to give a synopsis? I don't know if people need it because I mean, okay, well, this is one of those movies that people know. About. I feel like if you're listening to this, um, you downloaded it for a reason because you have seen Plan 9 and you are you probably hold it in high regard like we do, even though it is considered one of the worst movies ever made. To us, it's a, it's a gem. It's a diamond in the rough it to is. us. Um, so this movie is... A and not just to us, many, many, many people. people. Many. There's a following for, for this movie. And Ed Wood in general. And yeah. just, you know. Even um, Seinfeld, there's an episode where he wanted to go see this in a the movie there. Yeah. And Jerry says, I can't make bad commentary. I can't watch a movie, um, a bad movie, and make commentary by myself to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was like, wow, I, that hit me in my feels. I was going to say about Mr. Science Theater because you said that we see it. Did you see that? Um, they didn't actually do this film because they thought there was too much dialogue. Oh, God. And it couldn't well, fit their, their uh, because usually they have to edit to make it shorter yeah. for television. There's nothing you can cut out because there's just dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Some well, people might think there's too much. I mean, it's... Which I don't is even wild. think about that because I'm so busy watching like the surroundings mm -hmm. and like the actors and how ridiculous they are. Okay, so this movie, the synopsis is okay. So like, <laughs> um, basically aliens are trying to take over the earth, but instead of like landing their ships and just like going into a firefight or something like that, they're resurrecting the dead to do their bidding. It is the oddest plot, but it, what ensues is just a bunch of funny aliens that are pretty, they look like humans. They are humans. <laughs> they're humans. They're nothing, they're not like aliens at all. Um, so you have the aliens, then you have the bumbling cops, which are the best I've ever seen on screen. Um, and then you have the ghouls. So yeah, it's, 
and then you have this one couple who one's an airline pilot and the other is just a woman who just faints at the sight of everything. Um, so that's that's your group of people. And then you have two grave diggers who make their appearance and then dip. What a but synopsis you're giving. That's really it. This movie, okay, I can't really give a synopsis on this because it doesn't even know what it is. It's just I would say aliens, aliens are taking... invade the earth yes. and use the dead. Yeah, that's what I just said. I just oh, said that. Well, you went into a grave diggers. <laughs> no, I didn't say grave diggers. I said grave diggers are in the movie. That's all. I'm telling you that there's ghouls, there's bumbling cops, there's a couple, there's an airline pilot. He is the couple. <laughs> no, there's a there's a girl. Yeah, faint. you said a couple. Yeah, a couple. A couple. A couple and the airline pilot. They're the same person. Yeah, whatever. So, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this movie. There's okay. the military. Like, if you're listening to this, I know that you know what I'm talking Solar about. Solar Manite. Is that how you say it? Solar Manite. So, yeah. Solar Manite. So, bottom line is aliens are trying to take over the Earth, but they're resurrecting the dead, which is, that's what's happening. Okay, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a slop fest we're doing right now. <laughs> Uh, well, if you can explain it better, sir, then you go on ahead. I'm I said waiting. aliens try to invade the Earth using the ninth plan in their attack by yes. using resurrecting the dead. That's the ninth plan. That's the plan. plot. Yes. That's the so, synopsis. Yes, so hence, hence plan nine from outer space. Let's just jump into this sucker because this is talking trash and this is what we do. Talking trash. So during talking trash, talking we trash. dissect, we explain, and along the way we try to teach ourselves what the fuck is happening in this movie? <laughs> and so we never learn. Off, oh, I always learn something. And we've seen it like 28 times. And I... <laughs> Let's, I've, I've seen this so many times. I know so much trivia. I, I know way too much about this film. Let's just start off the bat. We open with Criswell. Known psychic or I don't know how, what you call him, fortune teller. Basically fraud. He it opens this movie by telling us that these are the true events. Yes, my friends, the these events. are the true events. Let's celebrate the survivors of that fateful night. Let's tell the story of grave robbers from outer space. <laughs> and then we get a opening amazing music a uh, fun fact about the music right off the bat it is has a killer very memorable soundtrack it is very you cannot hear the soundtrack without knowing about it you instantly think plan nine from outer space yeah the funniest part about that is the music is all credited to one guy that guy took sampled music and just stuck it in this movie from other people for many many years nobody knew who did the soundtrack luckily there's a bunch of great people out there film people who completely went into the vaults and found out who composed each thing <laughs> it's fantastic so now there's like 10 credits on the sound the music rightfully so because the soundtrack is catchy as all hell you agree yeah, I love it. Oh, okay. You, oh. you were just like blanked out on it. No, me. I love it. I think the soundtrack is great. It's, so, yeah. It, it's very like um, on the edge of your seat. So right off the bat, we're being told this is a true story. All right. And this is the taken from the facts of the survivors and the people who witnessed the events. Yes, it's taking place in Burbank, California. So we, we get this opening music and we have grave 
stones, like a, you know, the whole cemetery, uh, basically all art paintings of cemetery with the names of the cast written across yeah, the Yeah, I cemetery. love that opening Tombstones. title card. I love it. Lightning strikes, the music. <laughs> it's fantastic. And we cut to, am I wrong? No, you're not. Do we start off the bat with Bella Lugosi and then get it? No, we no, just now we, we jump into Bella the, Lugosi. No, we we they, it starts off with the airline pilots. So no, yeah, no, it definitely starts with Bella Lugosi. Well, he's at the funeral. No, he yes, uh, that's why I was wondering if there was a title card and then Bella, or yeah. was it Bella and then title cards? No, it's the title card and, and then, then Bella, Bella and then yeah, yeah, Criswell mourning. Criswell's narrating. Criswell. What do I keep saying? You're trying to say Griswold, like Clark Griswold. His name is Criswell. Criswell? <laughs> yes, Criswell. How come you didn't tell me beforehand when I already did all this intro? What? You didn't say it before. Yeah, I did, because I said known fraud. Six and a half hours later. So, so Criswell. <laughs> Criswell? Yes. <laughs> you have to do some editing. Oh, this is going to be heavy editing. Criswell mm-hmm. is narrating Bella Gosi in full Dracula garb <laughs> at a funeral, standing next to a man looking at a book. He's supposed to be a preacher, maybe reading the book, but he never opens his mouth. He never moves. No, but Criswell is narrating over this, but he does make note of saying this is a silent prayer. Does he? <laughs> yes. I told you Holy, that. I thought you were joking. No, he says this is over. I've seen this silent, so many times. I didn't even catch that. Yes, yeah, silent prayer. So they're just standing around and he's looking at the book and just praying in silence. So there's that. Yeah, that's what's happening. Well, fun fact about that. Criswell, he uh, wrote his narration by himself because Ed Wood's narration that he wrote for him was, he said, was trash and boring. So he threw it out and wrote all of this himself. So that's why he's probably doing the silent prayer joke because the guy's not moving his mouth. Right. And he probably wrote that in to try to explain it away. <laughs> Another fun fact is like, um, so Bella Lugosi is in this movie and also says, um, also featuring Bella Lugosi. Edward used footage of him that he shot for another film. Well, he actually just took a camcorder out and just filmed him. Yeah. They just got a lot of footage of him and then he passed away and he wrote this movie so he could incorporate that footage because yeah. he already had it. He already had it. So And also yeah. he told the backers, I have a celebrity. Right. That's how he got funded pretty much. Well, yeah, which is wow. What actually got them funded was that they got the money from a Baptist church who baptized them all. <laughs> got baptized, including Vampire. Yep. And Tor Johnson. <laughs> wild yep oh my god it was amazing so many of these people have disowned this film and don't want to talk about it some well before that there's so many fun facts about each actor uh so yeah we're at a funeral and we're seeing this silent prayer and bella is crying and the narration is really funny and we get to see two grave diggers sitting there staring at the funeral which is mind-boggling now yeah. let me just say that this funeral is taking place in a dilapidated forest. <laughs> it is 
crumbling. If these two grave diggers are waiting to fill it in, maybe they can cut some of the shrubbery. <laughs> There's dead trees right next to them. There's no indication that this is a cemetery at all. It's wild. I think the shot with Bella is at a cemetery. But the shot of the two grave diggers is a whole nother No, they're set. just sitting in the forest. They're just sitting in the and, woods. It's and they different... look like two Scottish stereotypes, like you've seen in every grave digger thing in yeah. like the haunted uh, cemetery in, in foreign places like the UK or yeah, something. Yeah, they, they, they are... They don't look like they're in California. No, they don't look like they're in California they at scarves, all. scarves, full hats, the, the whole jacket. Oh, yeah, like they're, they're cold. Yeah, like they're covered freezing. head to toe. Yeah. It, it's amazing. So... Yeah, so after the funeral, everyone walks away, and the grave digger's like, oh, okay, let's yeah, do our job. It in. And then we cut to the airline pilots. Mm-mm. Yes, nope. we do. No, we actually get the grave diggers murdered. <laughs> yes, you are correct. Yes, the grave diggers go to fill in the hole. They basically see Bella uh, crying, mm-hmm. and the grave diggers are like, okay, time to fill it in. The husband's right there. They go to they go to fill it in and then they cut away and we hear and they're like what the hell is that and then we see a shot of nighttime in okay. a fake cemetery set but it was just daytime they're st- when they cut back to the grave diggers they're in the daytime when they cut back to what they're seeing it's nighttime <laughs> we get a woman who is just vampira yeah. the actress vampira who hosted television show. Just like Elvira later on, who they had a big lawsuit against each other. Well, she had a lawsuit against her, kind of rightfully so. She she showed movies and was a host of movies, just like Elvira became later on. She just walks out. It's her in her full gear. Tight waist, boobs out. We're told that this is Bella Lugosi's wife. That just passed away. That just passed that away. That they just, just dug the hole in. Yes, they just buried her. Yes. And she is now risen. She has risen somehow from the moment they dug it in. She's out of the co- coffin. Yep. And she's, by the way, 40-something years younger. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yeah. yeah. But she's married to Bella Lugosi, supposedly, yeah. in this movie. Apparently. And so... So she just looks at them. Turns her face sideways with a face and puts her hands up in the air with her Very fingernails. Very long fingernails. Black fingernails that look like they're just like fake fingertips. Yeah. And the uh, grape diggers just scream. And yeah. And then, yeah, that's just it. They, <laughs> they scream. They scream. And then they cut away. And we away. don't see it. Yeah. They cut away. And we cut to Be- Bella Gosi now at his house. Yes. And he, with we the get narration. a great narration again. That he goes, comes out of his house, and he looks at a rose next to his house. The narration says, the roses are... The... They're never going to grow the yeah, same Just like again. The, the, uh, the color of her cheeks. <laughs> he says, and that man left that day never to return again. And we hear car, cra- car skid out, man scream instant ambulance the home they had so long shared together became a tomb a sweet memory of her joyous living the sky to which she had once looked was now only a covering for her dead body the ever beautiful flowers she had planted with her own hands became nothing more than the lost roses 
of her cheeks. Confused by his great loss, the old man left that home never to return again. Yes. He's dead. He's dead. So he gets hit by a car. And we cut now to his funeral, which is a cardboard cutout mausoleum. And it is extremely small. And it is against the black wall. And it unloads like a clown car. Of seven people, one guy gets out and instantly starts smoking right in front of where the guys have to put get out. So they're like almost hitting his butt. And a woman starts and she says, it's really odd. Why was he buried in there? And she was She was buried in, a hole in the ground. In the ground. And he says, I don't know, something about tradition or superstition. Yeah, I don't which know. Which is a, supposed to be a joke that Bella Lugosi was buried in a crypt because he's Dracula. Right. Yeah. I well, he was, was. he was buried in his cape. His, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was. The, you know, that's what his wishes were, that he would be buried in his Dracula cape. So this man and this woman start to walk away, and she instantly looks at the camera, screeches, and we see two dead, stuffed mannequin people <laughs> dressed in the Gravedigger's <laughs> they outfits. Put the mannequin, they put the mannequin arm over the face so yeah. that you can't, you can't tell that it's a mannequin. It's but not even a mannequin. It's, it's like sacks. It's basically stuffed clothing. It's, it's clothes that is stuffed with like pillowcases or pillows yes. or something. This is some kind of pillow person. <laughs> there was no people. trying. There was no yeah. trying on that scene. Whatsoever. No one ever noticed the gravediggers have missed, been missing, although there was just a funeral where a crypt was filled with another body. Mm-hmm. The workers didn't work that day, apparently, and no one even no. noticed they were missing. So who did this work is beyond me. So they see those bodies and... We now cut a oh, oh we cut to the cops showing up at the at the, uh, the where the two site. dead bodies were found. Yeah. Now these this is my favorite part. We actually get a scene of the cops all getting into a car and taking off. And again, nighttime, daytime, nighttime, daytime. It just keeps switching from nighttime to daytime. He just can't get it right. These cops get there. There's I think two groups of cops. These are my favorite characters ever. They're the best characters in the movie. We have a lead detective who is played by Tor Johnson, who is a giant wrestler. He's in a detective <laughs> outfit. It looks like the, his jacket's about to burst. He can't fit. Yeah, yeah he just can't fit. He's, he's followed so big. by... He's supposed to be the chief of police. He's Inspector Clay. He is supposed to be the big man. What, he's supposed to be like know, the head. The head of the, yeah. the police. And then so, he's followed by... The lead detective? So, yeah. That that person is Lieutenant Harper. Yeah, okay. Lieutenant Harper. Yes. He's dressed in a giant comical detective trench coat and fedora type hat. Yeah, he looks like a, a private eye. And then we have about three or four bumbling cops. Patrolman Larry. We have Patrolman Kelton, who's your favorite. Yep. <laughs> Why, uh, why? Come on, man, out with it. We haven't got all day to waste. Oh, uh, just uh, over there, beyond the crib. All right, show us away. <laughs> yeah, those are the two, basically, that are, like, the best. They're, they're the two cops that are just ridiculously the best. In well, the they show up, and they find these two bodies. They say it looks like they were mauled by a bobcat. <laughs> There's no blood. There's no blood. There's just two sacks on the floor of people. People sacks. People sacks. And again, we hear... And then we see that Vampira, 
is standing in the shadows watching them. They don't yeah. notice this. Now, they are on a set that is fake grass and cardboard tombstones everywhere and fake trees. So <laughs> they see these bodies and they're doing their best detective work. They're like, well, yeah, that's some, that's some stuff that's happened. <laughs> and the lead guy, which is Tor Johnson, he decides, he says that he's going to go walk off and he's going to investigate the cemetery. Yeah. And to see Inspector's if there's anything play. else he can find. Yeah, he, he goes off by himself after all these. And just yes. to hammer that in, he, since he cannot deliver a line of dialogue properly at all, and he's hardly speaking English. Well, Tor Johnson is from Sweden. Yes. He had a very thick accent. So he, said, so he says, hey. Who found them? The man and girl. Medical uh, examiner being around yet? Just left. The morgue wagon ought to be along most any time. You get their statement? Yeah, much as we could. They're pretty scared. Finding a mess like this ought to make anyone frightened. Have one of the boys take the guy and the girl back to town. You take charge. Okay, Inspector. What are you going to do? Look around a little. It's pretty dark out there. Once you get beyond the range of those lights, you won't be able to see your hand in front of your face. I will get one of the flashlights from the patrol car. Hey, be careful, Clay. I'm a big boy now, Johnny. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what he said. He said, I'm a big boy now, Johnny. That's what he says. I'm a big boy now, Johnny. It sounds and, like you're going for a Sylvester Stallone type. Uh, you see, you see, yeah. um, Say, I am the law. I am the law. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mickey. Uh, uh, so, anyways, he says, I'm a big boy now, Johnny. And they laugh, and he walks off. Now, he gets not that far. No, he does. He gets a couple of steps away. To be honest with you, and of course, he gets attacked. And, and the other before this happens, we we see Kelton talking, and also the other cop talking. The other cop and the detective always have like conversations. Kelton is the guy who's scared of everything. The other cop's like, "Do you smell that?" Yeah, I do. And we hear, wong, 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 wong. and we see Tor. Getting approached by not only Vampira, by Bella Lugosi now. Yes. Now, this isn't Bella Lugosi anymore. No, it's no longer Bella Lugosi. This is a man holding a cape up around his nose and his face, yes. covering his face up. And they surround <laughs> this th- this inspector, Tor, and he shoots off a bunch of bullets. He doesn't run. He doesn't scream. He just gets killed by these two. He just stands there. They're walking slowly at him from different angles. He can go anywhere. They're walking so slow they could be stopped, but he doesn't walk away or, or run away or scream yeah. or do anything. He just allows himself he to allows be killed. He allows it to happen. And he lets out. And the <laughs> other cops go, what was that? I think that was Inspector Clay. <laughs> we should go really find out. Well, they do hear gunshots. He does fire his gun, which gets yeah, nowhere. But then they're but- like... What was that? <laughs> I think it was Inspector Clay. We should go check it out. They slowly go over there. Now, remember this. These are co-workers. They walk over and see his dead body. And they chill out. They chill They don't even freak out. None nope. of them are sad. Oh, that's the thing that happened. That's Inspector Clay. That's Inspector Clay. In oh. fact, he says, he's dead, murdered, and somebody's responsible. <laughs> your favorite line in the movie. It's one of the best lines ever written in a movie. 
Is he dead? Yeah. He's messed up as bad as those two back there. Suppose that saucer or whatever it was had something to do with this? Their guess is good as mine, Larry. One thing sure, Inspector Clay's dead. Murdered. And somebody's responsible. You're in charge now, Lieutenant. Yeah, guess I am. It's my favorite. <laughs> That's what the detective says. He's <laughs> the lead detective is now telling us all of this while pointing a it's gun yes. all over the place. Like, literally, he's almost scratching his head with this he scra- gun. He scratches his shoulder with it. It points it at everybody. These cops are the worst with the props. Like, they are literally, fl- like, flaring them around and, and just pointing them everywhere and scratching them their faces with the guns and just, it, it's the most ridiculous. This actor, fun fact, this actor has been telling people for a very long time, I did that on purpose because this movie was so bad I wanted to see if Ed Wood would even realize that I was doing what I was doing. And you know what? If Ed Wood did realize that he was doing it, he didn't he care. Didn't care. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like we definitely skipped over a bit because I feel like well, we have gotten a shot of the spaceships flying around. Okay. Well, no, we, we, you, you missed you because didn't I think talk they woke about... Bella up previously on Lost. What they're saying is that how this whole thing came about and how the army found out about it and the, you know, the police or whatever. That happens all in the between this? Yes, it happens between it where the two airline pilots, which is one of our protagonists, Jeff, uh, Jeff Trent, I believe his name is, he's an airline pilot and he sees, they see the, in the, the, the two pilots see the uh, flying saucer and there's a big flash of light and the plane goes and it dips and they're like oh my god what was that oh my god and then the stewardess comes rushing in and she's like oh my god the passengers are scared oh just tell them you know we had some slight turbulence we're fine but they saw the flying saucers they saw them and so he you know reported it to the military well let's let's yeah if that happens in there i mean that makes a lot of sense i i definitely missed something here i forgot about yeah jeff trent so they're in the in the airplane and they're flying the the pilot of this airplane he's not flying no there's okay first he's got his hands on the sides yeah please okay let let me just explain to our listeners what this scene the, the whole entire like set okay it is cardboard walls with a shower curtain for a door and then there are two men in airline pilot uniforms sitting there as pilot and co-pilot. And they are sitting in front of no light panels, no buttons, no, um, I guess, anything except for one piece of cardboard in front of them that's supposed to be the controls yes. for the plane. Yes. And you can tell it's just a slab of cardboard. There is no handles there's nothing there's not one button in this cockpit there's i don't know what he was trying to accomplish i mean just making these two people dress like airline pilots i guess that was enough yeah and the stewardess or the flight attendant she 
had a, a flight attendant outfit on. So I guess that's how you can tell it was, you know, a, a cockpit. That's what we're, we're supposed. Yeah, but we're led he to believe. Put literally zero attention to detail. There's into also that. stock footage of an airplane. Stock footage of an airplane that's supposed to be American Airlines, mind you. Okay, but this is a, a clear military plane. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I didn't notice that. I know it's, it's a silver plane. It's silver, sort. and it's like definitely a military, like from like the 1940s well, I mean, or whatever. The 50s, yeah. You know, it was like an older plane. It was definitely not a commercial, you know, passenger yeah. plane. <laughs> I have to point out the co-pilot. He has a microphone strapped to his chest. In some kind of like harness. Yeah. He's also reading the script on his lap. <laughs> Funny fact about that. The movie was shot in a way where you weren't supposed to see that. But because it was released on home video and widescreen and stuff, things got shown. Yeah. So you can clearly see he's reading his entire script, which is a lot of him calling ground control. Yeah. So he's calling ground control. Oh, my God. You know, whatever. So uh, and he's like, uh, Dallas. I don't know what airport it is. I can't. Yeah, something just happened. Well, that didn't even happen because they're having a full conversation, and she comes in the, the stewardess, and she's asking if they want coffee, and I think he's worried about his. He's just thinking about his wife or whatever, and the co-pilot asks her if he wants to get together and ball, <laughs> in when they land in Cincinnati or something, some somewhere. I can't remember where. He goes. Do you want to ball it up? Hi, Edie. Hi, Silence. I haven't heard a word from this end of the plane since we left the field. I've just been giving himself and me a study in silence. You boys aren't feuding. No, no, Edie, nothing like that. Hey, Edie, how about you and me balling it up in Albuquerque? Albuquerque? Have you read that flight schedule, boy? What about it? We land in Albuquerque at 4 a.m. That's strictly a 9 o'clock town. Well, I know a friend that'll help us. Let's have the problem first. Huh, Danny? <laughs> This is if after you, they saw the UFO. No, no, they haven't seen it yet. No, they haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I don't remember when he says yes, that. Yes, he says, do you want to ball it up? Which now, if you say that to a woman, you're going to get slapped. Oh, my God. But I think they mean you want to have a good time yeah. or something like that. You want to hang out or whatever. And she's like, let's not deal with that right now. Oh, my and God. That, you know what? This scene might actually happen in a later part of the movie because there's two parts. in. There's a couple parts in airplanes. But, yeah, they're they don't mean anything. It's just stupid dialogue. Yeah, but he uh they see they get a blinding flash of light, they get startled. Now if he would have control had the controller in his hand, he would have would have flipped the air plane up in the air yeah. by pulling on it. Yes, he would have pulled on the controls and, and, you know, like maybe dipped a little or something. But the the airplane literally doesn't move. And the it's the just... flash of light actually shows the boom mic in the sh- in the shadows. Yeah, <laughs> and they look outside the window, and he says, "Oh my God, look at that! It looks like a giant cigar." <laughs> now, what we see <laughs> is a picture a hubcap, a silver hubcap. Yes. What really is is actual models of UFO models. They a lot of people wrongly think that it was a hubcap or two uh, plates, like plastic plates put together, but it's actually a model kit that they got. Mm-hmm. And they try to use it a lot. But yeah, that's outside the window and it's hanging from like a fishing line. So it's dangling up and down on the sides. It's not like staying steady. (laughs) He says it looks like a cigar. Now, this is the most confusing line of dialogue. What is he talking about when he says a cigar? I've also heard other people talk about UFOs and say they look like a cigar. 
Look, what cigar are you smoking? That's just, yeah, I I don't even know what that. It's got a bubble in the middle. Yeah, and it's round. Like a cigar. It doesn't look anything like what they're talking about. I never understood that. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, I a a cigar to me looks like a piece of poop. It's like a cigars are just gross. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's an alien (laughs) spaceship. So the next scene after this, okay, so apparently Trent. Um, sorry, Jeff Trent, the airline pilot and our protagonist, he he lands the plane and, he, he, you know, we see him at home with his wife. And they're just outside on the patio, you know, having some tea, relaxing, and then the best, best scene ever. <laughs> I laugh well, my ass off. Every scene is the best well, scene. Well, okay, so, so like, you know. So many good things to talk about here. So many good things. But the, his wife's name is Paula. So they're sitting there having tea. And all of a sudden, she's, you know, Paula says, oh, my God, there's so many sirens. Like, what's going on at the cemetery? It seems like it's at the cemetery. Oh, don't. Oh, <laughs> please don't jump, um, jump over the fact that she says, what's bothering you? I can tell you're troubled. And he says something you were talking about during the movie that you love. We landed. We were we were we were muzzled by army brass. Yeah. And he says, "I saw a UFO. I know I saw a UFO." He tells his wife everything. No, now, we were not supposed to tell anybody. He was told. No, He's like, but... I was told I'm not supposed to tell anybody after just telling his wife. Yeah, he was. He's banned from telling anyone. So he tells her. But then, right after he says that, literally, a huge whoosh, like yeah. <laughs> comically like that comically knocks them off their chairs and she she must have gone this woman must have gone to like the william shatner school of falling because sure. she falls so amazingly off this chair it, it is just it, it almost seems like it's happening in slow motion yeah and i feel yeah. like every time i watch this movie i just want to keep rewinding that scene because it's just so funny i laugh every time Great. so they fall off their chairs i guess we should point out that this is the worst located house on the earth. Yeah, they're like on the cemetery. On the cemetery. Yeah, yeah. They're on the cemetery. And I don't think there's anybody else existing. And also... No, they don't have neighbors. They're sitting out in their back porch. It yeah. looks like their back porch, which is really funny for later on when he gets in his car. Yeah. So... And then- At that same time, the light flashing happens and knocks them over. Yep. It also knocks over the guys in the cemetery... And, and and I was wrong to do this because this is before the inspector, I think, gets killed. Uh, they ha- are carrying, the two bumbling cops are carrying, or I think there's paramedics of some sort, carrying the two corpses on a, like carrying a... Like a stretcher. A stretcher. Mm-hmm. And the flash of light makes them throw the bodies up in the air. <laughs> and you can clearly see that they trip on yeah. the fall, false, like, grass yeah oh it's sod it's like sod it's like astroturf it's actually like some kind of green tarp yeah and it just goes up in the air and you can see in the very back the foot of one of the paramedics hits the tombstone and it's just jiggling it just jiggles it's It's all flopping around oh my god it's so it's just the props are so bad which is amazing oh my god it. it was amazing that seems amazing i love it this is why the inspector goes off and it investigates yeah and so then he gets murdered so they they at the house they're saying that they've been hearing sirens all day and something crazy is going on and that flash of light is the exact same flash of light he saw in the plane yeah so then you know the next morning it's like newspaper headlines bing 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 ufos flying saucers everywhere and then they show like three flying saucers together 
in the same shot flying over Los Angeles. Um, and then, so the military, I guess, you know, is all over this because of the pilots. They saw, they saw it. So they well, start firing. <laughs> well, yeah, no, they cut to. They start a, firing missiles. They cut to a guy. He's standing on a basically a white. He's standing in a warehouse in a on a white backdrop that are supposed to be outside, and they show army footage of the of the the space ships coming down. Just three of them, yeah, and they're three. all dangling up in the air. Yeah, and they show the stock footage of these the army firing. He says, "Fire," and they just show the stock footage of the firing, and they show firecrackers going off around the uh, three the props, the UFO props, yeah, and. They fly off, and the one of the army guys comes over and they have a conversation about the the one army guy's like, "Why are they here?" And he's like, "They've been coming here for a long time. Yeah. We're not allowed to talk about it. They've been covering to, it up. We have to cover it up." He's like, "They actually attacked a whole town, a small town, yeah. but but with people. Yeah, and they obliterated. And people died. <laughs> sure, it wasn't many people, but it was people. Yes, but they obliterated the whole town, and well, nobody knows about this. And they covered up. He's like, every time there's an earthquake, <laughs> every time there's a natural disaster, it could be aliens. Oh my god! And he's like, we're not supposed to talk about. It. And he's like, talk about what? We're just firing at the clouds. <laughs> it's it's every line in this movie is just fantastic. Oh my god! Um, well, now it's a good time, right? This is the the time that we get to meet the aliens. Well, we forgot. Jeez, we forgot about so many things because they resurrected Bella, and I feel like we saw a scene of that, but I don't know how that happens. No, I think he was the, just he just came out of the crypt. The spaceship comes down, and they see a ray, and I think it hits the the crypt, and he yeah. comes out of the crypt. It was very and fast, and that's when they killed the lieutenant. They, yeah, and there's also a scene here where Inspector Clay is buried. Yeah. It's like, this is all within a day. They, they just, yeah, Inspector Clay dies a funeral in the morning, and then he di- he gets buried, and there's a funeral, and everything happens in the same day. Yeah. Um, but now we get to see the aliens that... <laughs> it, well, well, after being shot at from the military, they fly off, and we see that they have flown to a flying tit. It's... <laughs> It's a huge boob. It's a tit it's on, a a, on a platter. Boob. Yeah. Yes, it's supposed to be a planet, but it just looks like I think like it's a, a big, big spaceship. I don't think it's a planet. Is it? It, looks like, it has a, a ring around it. It looks like a Saturn. There's, but with no, a there's, if that's supposed to be a planet. It looks like it, ha- no, it has it a ring has around it. It has to be a space station. Okay, let's go with that. It's a space station. They, okay, They fine. fly into it. We see them. And we also, by the way, this is space, so we hear a lot of this. Yeah. Like, it's so great. Okay. It's fantastic. And they all so, land. Yeah. <laughs> and so, we meet our lead aliens. Yes. Okay. So the commander alien, his name is Eros. And, okay. First, he's, the bottom line is the, the reason that they're trying to take over Earth is because they think that man is going to destroy the planet with their we We don't get that. Wartime weapons. At the end. But this is their motivation. So... So whatever. <laughs> there's a guy. There's a guy sitting at the desk. He is an older gentleman, and he's painted up in makeup, and you can't see it's in black and white, but you can see that he's got a lot of color on his face, and he's very. He's this guy's so expressional. Everything he's doing is like ugh, ugh, like that. He's always making faces like that. It's fantastic. Yeah. He is the Lord Commander of these aliens. He he's great. He's in. 
basically medieval garb. He has medieval <laughs> times like a crest, like a crest on his chest of like an axe. Yeah, and he's like wearing like a satiny blouse. Yes, yeah, blouse. <laughs> and he's sitting at the table, and Eros, our main alien, comes in. And they signal each other by doing... And there's also a female alien that follows Enos. Yes. Eros. 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 They come in and they do one of those cross the arms to do an X. They basically are doing Wakanda forever. X. Yeah, that's and pretty much what it they, is. They, they slap their chest and they do the X. <laughs> and they signal each other. And when the lead alien sees that, he just goes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you didn't hear that padding, that's Scott actually doing the salute. The salute. <laughs> they come in and now... Uh, Eros and the other alien woman. I can't remember her name. I don't remember them saying her name. Well, that's a thing. Oh, it's too. Tana. Tana. Yeah. They come in. They are in dress blouse type things. Yeah, right? though they're clearly wearing blouses. Yeah, it is like very. You can only imagine it's like some kind of um, like material that's shiny. It's like it's like really. I would say that they're wearing silk blouses um, and leggings. And boots. Yeah. And this is their alien And tight fashion. black spandex. Yeah, for, that's for leggings. Like tight leggings, black yeah. leggings. Um, they walk in. They also have a little host, a holster tied around their waist. Oh, to keep their gun. little blasters. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, yeah. which is a whole plot with those guns. Um, they come in. They say hi to the Lord Commander. The Lord Commander is like, he's like, we're here to fuel and regenerate our spaceships. And we're going to go back to Earth to continue our plans and he's like what plan are we on now and he says plan nine. Oh yes plan nine and he picks up the script and he goes oh yes <laughs> uh the resurrection of the dead and he's like yes he's like how many have you resurrected so far and he's like two and he's like oh two and he's like yes it was very successful so far it's, it, and at this point, it's more than two. No, they haven't done that yet because they just had the funeral. They're going to go back. He's like, we're going back and we're going to resurrect more, I believe. And he says, okay. Yeah, because they do go back later on. They go back again. Yeah, they go back again. This, this is the first time. And he says, he's like, um, I don't really know. I can't remember a lot of this plot here. 20 minutes later. But he, he he's great. The 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 actor playing the guy that the Lord Commander guy, the guy who's like in charge of the aliens, he's fantastic. He is just not having it. He's not enjoying them. He just keeps rolling his eyes and looking around like, hey. It's like the, the he's like we've tried to contact the humans and they won't respond. The next step is to use the dead to attack them. That's the plan nine. Right. And he's okay. He's like, uh, I basically tells him to go show the thing. I don't think this is where Tor is already, right? Well, no, they do. You know, he does. I've seen this so many times. That I, the, I know. I'm ju I just watched it again, and for some reason, my mind's blitzed. I know. This. I feel like I'm blitzed, too. But I, I, th I think this is the scene where they actually do bring Tor and Vampira into the ship. No, I think they do. Later because he tells them to kill the old man. That has to happen later. I don't remember, to be honest with you. We just watched it again. So much later that the old narrator got tired of waiting, and they had to hire a new one. So they go back to Earth, and they resurrect the lieutenant, 
Tor Johnson, and it's fantastic. There's a whole scene. For some reason, they attack the woman that lives in the house. Yeah, Paula. Paula. There's a great scene where he's got to go to work again. He's got to go on another tour with the airline. He's got to go do more flights. And they have a really romantic speech. And they go to your wild blue yonder. And it is fantastic. <laughs> and every time I hear the speech between the two of them, I I love it. And I, I actually probably can quote half of the damn thing. It's just fantastic. He he says, well, he's going to leave. And he doesn't want to leave until she locks up the house because he's afraid to leave her. Rightfully so. There's been crazy stuff in the cemetery, flashing lights, alien ships. The world has been getting newspapers. Yep. That... They, there's like a whole montage of the alien aliens over Hollywood, aliens over Paris, you know? Yeah, but you know, this is supposed to be happening all over the world, but and, we only see Burbank. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a great part where a drunk, a drunk comes out of a strip club and sees the alien and he throws away the bottle. He's sober now because <laughs> oh, he sees the cigar in the sky. Oh my God, the cigar in the sky. And remember, the opening of this movie tells us that this is a true story that nobody knows about, but it was all over the news in this yeah, scene. Yeah, it's all over the news. They're all over the scene. They're like, they're flying everywhere. Everybody knows about them. And they <laughs> even cut to the army saying nobody knows about them. Yeah. There's, um, so Tor, you know, Tor, the lieutenant got killed. So the head of this army that we're seeing, he's the head of the uh, alien task force or some sort? I, I think he says yeah, something like that. I guess. He's called into an office from the brass. <laughs> they call him in this actor he's bumbling his lines like crazy he calls him in he plays a record it turns out that the aliens have been sending them records or some kind of de- they gave them a device mm-hmm. that will translate the alien language to them yeah and he plays it for him it's virtually a record player and he plays a record for him <laughs> and it's these aliens saying you humans are stupid and yeah. we're trying to help you yep. and you won't listen you keep attacking us we're trying to be peaceful here. Yeah. But our next step is going to be war. Yeah. You got. We're trying to tell you stuff. Yeah, it's like they're trying to tell the humans that they're just all they are like hell bent on destruction all the time. Yeah, and and and, and it's this whole thing's like we we're trying to reach out to you. You need to contact us. We need to respond. Yeah. But you keep meeting us with force. Yeah. We're gonna keep meeting you with force. And the guy just stops the the, the recording and goes, "We got about ten of these." <laughs> and and the, the guy that's listening to him is like, "Wow, what do they want?" He just said it. You just heard the whole damn thing. He's yeah. saying he wants to talk to you guys. He's worried about right. you. I think it's about time you heard these recordings. This is Eros, a space soldier from a planet of your galaxy. I fully realize our language differences. However, I also know you finally have perfected the dictal robotary, or as you on Earth call it, the language computer. So you can now understand that which I speak. Since the beginning of your time, we have been far beyond your planet. It has taken you centuries to even grasp what we developed eons of your years ago. Do you still believe it impossible we exist? You didn't actually think you were the only inhabited planet in the universe. How can any race be so stupid? Permit me to set your mind at ease. We do not want to conquer your planet. Only save it. We could have destroyed it long ago if that had been our aim. Our principal purpose is friendly. I admit 
We have had to take certain means, which you might refer to as criminal. But that is because of your big guns, which have destroyed some of our representatives. If you persist in denying us our landings, then we must only accept that you do not want us on friendly terms. We then have no alternative but to destroy you before you destroy us. With your ancient juvenile minds, you have developed explosives too fast for your minds to conceive what you are doing. You are on the verge of destroying the entire universe. We are a part of that universe. This is our last That's the end of that one. Atmospheric conditions in outer space often interfere with transmitting. How many of these recordings do you have, General? An even dozen up to now. This was the last one. We received it over a month ago. Do you think they mean business? So he's like, well, I want you to go to Hollywood or California where there's been a lot of sightings in the cemetery. And I want you to meet up with the local police force there mm -hmm. and see what's happening. And he's like, I trust you to keep this discreet, and I need you to take care of this. So that army guy go get, get gets sent to California. Mm -hmm. That's when the husband and wife, now, he's got to go to the air. He's got to go back on to uh, his tour of the air, whatever the hell you call it, his job. He's got to go fly. And he's saying, lock up the doors. This thing's creepy. There's a lot of things. I won't leave until you lock the doors. And she says, well, if you're good enough. I'll even lock the side door. And he's like, mm, you crazy kid, you. you got to <laughs> lock it up. Their dialogue is absolutely it, ridiculous. And this actor, the lead actor, you can tell that he's miserable. He signed yeah. on and he knew it was bad. And he signed on to do it anyways. But he is very mopey in his scenes. Yeah, he, he's, oh God, yeah. He's, he's very, very, like. He's very stiff. Sometimes he just mopes around. When he's walking, he's just moping. Yeah. And he seems depressed. That actor's Gregory Walcott. Yeah, he, he, uh, this is great. They're in their backyard again. He just walks toward the camera and is at his car that's completely in a black garage of some sort. Yeah, I it's don't just know like, where that it's is. It's not even close to being outside. No. It's somewhere, it's inside somewhere. Like I don't know it, where, when he does his um, scene, like cuts, it's like you're, you're in one place and you're automatically in light you're in light but then when you when he jumps to the next scene it's dark out yeah and then when you're outside you jump to the next scene and he, you're supposed to be walking to a vehicle that's also outside yeah but he walks inside to his car no he actually walks straight into the camera which is outside of the house right but it's supposed to be the backyard and it's supposed to be a fence. We see a fence. Yeah, we see but the fence. But then all of a sudden, when he walks into the but camera, he's there's in no a, fence. He's in, in like a like a, some kind of warehouse. Like he's, he's in a warehouse. He's just yeah. in a black room it's, with Edwin a car in it. Edwin does not know what the hell scenes, yeah, scenery is. There's a little bit of a fog machine going. But, so he goes to work. And they have another airplane scene. I think this is when he, the guy, uh, the co-pilot says, you want to ball it up when we get into the woman. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute. Let's worry about him. Are you okay? And he's like, I'm worried about my wife. All that crazy stuff's happening, and I'm worried about it. They're like, well, why didn't you call? We can get you on the line, and we can patch you through, and you can call her on the phone. Yeah. And he's like, really? Okay, let's do that. Well, at that exact same moment, because she's such a, ditzy, such a, a, a ditzy, ditzy girl, girl, she did not lock the side door. Nope. Because Bella Lugosi, well, not really Bella Lugosi, actually Ed Wood's chiropractor, in a <laughs> in a cape put over his nose, comes into the house 
and comes after her slowly. Mm-hmm. He can only turn in one direction, by the way, because they don't want to show his face. Right. Because only one side profile looks like Bella to this guy. It doesn't look anything like no, him. No, he doesn't He's look actually, like You can tell it's a younger man. Yeah. He has to turn only in one direction. Well, the woman sees him. And she's in her 90s. She's sleeping. She screams. She runs out of the house. And he just slowly chases her. And that's when the, the pilot's trying to call her. But he can't get her on the phone. Yeah. So now he's worried about her and he's got to get up. He's got to well, get Because home. she's a dummy. Yeah. So she runs out into the cemetery. In and her right nightgown. at that time, <laughs> they are resurrecting Tor from the inspector for, through his grave. Which, by the way, the gravestone is a tiny little piece <laughs> of um, material. It's so small. It's a tiny piece of cardboard. The shot in which Tor comes out of his grave, which is probably one of the most iconic scenes because it looks awesome. Yeah. He's rising up out of his grave, and he's got white contacts in and a scar on his face. Fun fact, the scar keeps moving throughout the entire movie. Why? Because the prosthetic they were putting on his face kept burning his skin. Yeah. So they had to keep moving it. Poor guy. And he also had contacts he could not see. Yeah, they were hurting his eyes he couldn't see. He rises out of the grave. It's so creepy. She sees it. She screams. She runs, but we get the whole shot of him getting out of the grave. The best part is the actor cannot squeeze out of the grave, so he's trying to get out of the grave, <laughs> and he's basically like moving side to side. He can't get out. Apparently, he does get all the way out. We don't see him getting all the way out, but what we do get is a shot of the little tiny little tombstone fall forward oh my into God, the grave. It falls into the grave. It's the best thing ever. It's it just the goes tiniest... Plop tombstone you've ever seen it's like made out of paper mache it's incredible and it just oh my god it's so comical well the the wife in her laundry runs out into the street daytime and finds a guy stops his car and he's like what what happened there are no neighbors they live on the cemetery in the yeah. middle of nowhere yeah in the middle of nowhere there's nowhere to run like and it's nowhere. woodlands it's woodlands the, yeah. the, it's not even a cemetery it's just woods and he, uh, um a guy picks her up and rushes her to safety. Yeah. So that's when the cops get with her. The husband comes home, and now the military guy shows up. They all meet at her, their house. Yes. So now it's like it's an entire thing. That there's like a whole meeting. They're like talking to them. They're sitting outside in their back patio. They're all there. Kelton's parked right outside the gate, and he's got to watch out there. And he's like, why do I always got to get the crazy things? They, they, the cops actually go to the grave site and they see, they find an open grave and the tombstone is inward. And they're like, whose grave is this? Get Kelton, get in there. And he's like, why is it always me? All these ghosts and these crazy things. Why is it always me? Oh, boy. And he gets in there and he goes, oh my God, it's Inspector Clay's. Now, how do they not know? They buried their friend it in was this spot. Like an hour ago. <laughs> Only it, it, it just say a day. Even if it's a day ago. He died in the morning and was buried by like they, noon. They must have hated this prick. They must have hated this guy because even when they found his dead body, they just did not give a shit. Is he dead? Yeah. He's messed up as bad as those two back there. Suppose that saucer or whatever it was had something to do with this? Their guess is good as mine, Larry. They don't care. They don't react any emotion. And again, they don't know where he's buried. And so they see, they're like, it's, but it's inward. So someone came out of it. 
no one went into it because the dirt's not on the side. The dirt is inside the grave. Yeah. So they're like, oh, my God, what does that mean? So now that's when they go to the house with the wife because of what happened. They go in they go in to meet up with them. And we have a whole conversation between the military guy asking what's happening. What did you see? The cops talking to him. Mm-hmm. They're talking about all these things that have been happening before that happens uh you know eros yeah he brings tor to his high commander to show him off as a specimen oh yeah that and happens. that's he says he's like oh is everybody on earth like a, such a specimen like this and he's like no he's an unusual case <laughs> um, he's yeah because like, he's so big he's like so now you have three bodies three zombies and he's yeah. like yes and he's like you know what i just came up with an idea bring the old man to them as a display of our power yeah. and hit him with the ray in front of them. And when they see it, they'll know how strong we are. Yeah. So I, that That is insane. That was Bella Lugosi, supposedly. So, so when Bela they're Lugosi. all sitting on that porch, Bella Lugosi, he's supposed to be the old man they're talking about, yeah. gets sent at them. And Kelton's outside the car and he comes at him. He starts shooting at him. And I think that he just... He just taps him, and Kelton falls to the floor. He's knocked out. Yeah, he just taps him. And he starts coming toward the group in the, on the porch, and the wife's just screaming, and the, uh, the the new lead inspector, he's just shooting at, unloading the bullets into him. Doesn't do anything. And right before Bella gets toward them, the ray comes from the graveyard and hits him, and the body falls to the floor. They take off the cloak, and it's just a skeleton. It was so comical. They're like, oh my god. Well, it's just a bag of bones now. <laughs> so they're like, hey, what about Kelton? Oh yeah, that guy. So they like slap him awake and he goes, whoa, did you get him? Did you get him? And they're like, yeah, he's just a bag of bones. It's all over, you know? <laughs> and he's like, this is kooky. Oh man. So then after that, it gets it gets crazier. So, so I guess... They decide to go into the graveyard. They, they decide to go to the graveyard all together. What didn't they send Inspector Clay to to kidnap Paula? No, that happens when they split up because they leave her in the car with Kelton. Yeah, and then Kelton gets knocked out. Well, Inspector Clay showed they just left her, and then she says, "I'm want to stay with you to her husband." Rightfully so. She's right. seen some crazy shit today. Yeah. And the other cops go. The cop goes to the military guy. Oh, modern women. Mrs. Trent, you better stay with the car. Stay here alone? Not on your life. Modern women. Yeah, they've been that way all down through the ages. <laughs> it's like, what and the he's hell? Like, and, the, and the military guy goes, they've been that way through all the ages. <laughs> he's like, yeah, like especially this, in situations this like this. Especially, <laughs> yeah, no shit in situations like yeah. this. She's scared to death. She just saw a man turn into a skeleton. Yeah. She's and, been attacked. I feel in so her bad house. for that woman. But she is a dummy. She didn't lock the door. Not that that would have helped. So, so she gets in the car with Kelton. And she basically says, I don't want, I'm safer with you to her husband than Kelton. Yeah, and I agree. So they all split up. They come across the spaceship. Yeah. The group, see- the group of the husband, the military guy, and the new inspector all come on up to a spaceship that's been parked in the cemetery. Yeah, it, it just it landed there, and so they're like, oh. The door opens for them, and they go inside. Let's go inside. At so, that same exact time, 
Inspector Clay's zombie body walks up and karate chops Kelton in the neck and he faints it. He's passed out again. And he steal he walks up to the wife, she passes out, he picks her up and carries her like Frankenstein would carry somebody. Yeah. And yep. that's uh and Vampire, by the way, is just walking around too. Oh yeah, she's just walking around. Yeah. She's not doing much. She just keeps staring at everything they keep doing. And so they are inside the ship now. Yes. Eros um so Eros lets them in. Yes. He just lets them in. Um and he, he tells them, you know, their guns are drawn and he tells them that their human weapon like if they if they develop any more, you know, weapons. Yeah, well they say they got guns on him and they tell yeah. him we we're gonna shoot you and he's like, you know what? They it will kill me and I don't wanna die. But yeah. You humans all do that. You're all so stupid. And then they're like, the guy's like, will you say that one more time? And he hits him in the face, I think. Yeah. And he says. Well, he grabs him. He says, yeah, you, you call. He's like, us stupid? You, you think I'm? He's like, you humans don't care about life. That's why we're here. And he's like, why are you here? He's like, because we're trying to stop you. We're trying to stop, save all of you, all of life. Yeah. In the whole universe. Because your scientists one day will create solar night. So solar night. I don't even know how to say it. Solar I think it's night. solar night. Solar, solar night? night. Yeah. And, and they're like, "What and is that? That doesn't exist." Yes. And he's like, "It will." <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, it, they'll harness the power of the sunlight." Yeah. And he's like, "That that's crazy talk." And he's like, "Your scientists are already trying to harness the energy from right. the sun." Yeah. He's like, "Do you think that's any different?" He's like, "He's like, first they created a firecracker, then they created a grenade." It kills many people. Then they did the bomb. Then they did a bigger bomb. Then they did the atom bomb. Yep. It's like they exploded the atoms, killing hundreds of people. And now you will sooner or later create solarite that yep. will kill all of the universe. Yeah. They're like, you're talking madness. <laughs> and then uh, I love it because I think he, he does an entire explanation of what solarite is. It's vir- He says that... It'll be like ga- sunlight sunlight's like gasoline. Yeah. And if you light it, it'll travel to the source, which is the sun, and explode the sun. Yeah. And then if that happens, the entire the universe, universe will, it will be gone. We'll lose our sun. We'll so, I mean, they have good intentions. This That's the wildest part about this movie. The bad guys are the good guys. The bad guys are the good guys, but why are they resurrecting the dead? It makes no sense. Well, they, they went through all their nine them. plans so far. <laughs> Apparently, one of those plans was communication and that didn't work what were the other ones what well i think it was probably remove two of the hot dogs from a pack so you have six and then you have eight buns so you're like really screwed over with those two extra buns also maybe stealing socks match yeah why don't they match oh some of the companies got away with it that's why that plan failed that's crap every plan got crazier and crazier can you imagine what plan 10 is oh my god no Plan 10 is like probably dressing up like ghosts and scaring people. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. So, all right. So, Eros is telling them, you know, what. Yeah, and but the, the best part is the sidekick woman. She gets in front and she's like, You think we're mad? Humans are mad. You fight countries. And, and, and Eros does not like that this woman's speaking up and he shakes her. Yeah. And says, Shut up, woman. And then that's when the lead actor punches him in the face and he's like, I won't have any more lip of you from you. <laughs> And even better, he goes to show them. He's like, look, 
we we have your friends at the car that you left behind, which is the guy's wife. And he's like, yeah. what? And he goes, let me show you. And he goes to a computer panel, and the guy just shoots the computer. Yeah, he just shoots it. And he it. goes, wow, you're a headstrong young man. And he's like, I was just going to show you on our television. It's not a television. They could say some wacky science thing. Yeah. You're just going to show you on the screen that we we have your wife. And he's like, go for it. Show me. And then they see that he's got the wife in his arms, the zombie. Yeah. And they're like, you son of a bitch. I heard her and everything. The, 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 the three guys here are the biggest asshole idiots. Now, this guy is telling them, "You're we're trying to make sure we all survive. Yeah. And we've been trying to contact you peacefully, but you people won't stop. And when he says to them, you humans are stupid, stupid, it, I was like, <laughs> yeah, we are fucking stupid. If these are three idiots in this room are our heroes, we're screwed. Yeah, the world is doomed. Yeah. The one guy just can't stop hitting him and shooting things in the spaceship. Yeah. The other, the other guy just has a gun on the woman. Yeah. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. It's pointless. They're trying to, like, you know, do the right thing. But, yes, they are summoning <laughs> the dead to rise. And, that you know, they're killing people. It should be told that their guns are called electrode guns. Electrode. And they have to point them. They don't shoot. They're actually not guns. They're some kind of magnetic weapon that you have to press against the zombie to control them. That's That's a wild part. There's a whole part where... Uh, Tor Johnson's uh, zombie uh, detective play goes and strangles Eros. Yeah, he strangles. He doesn't kill him though. Because the girl's gun jams and she's uh, he's screaming and the lead commander goes throw it on the floor. He'll It'll snap break out contact. of it. And then he she's like just tosses it. <laughs> so she tosses the gun on the floor and it breaks contact yeah. and Thor and uh, Tor's just like uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, so yeah, so they have the wife outside the ship and at that same time the one cop finds kelton and says what's going on and kelton's explaining this is the craziest night of my life i just <laughs> got knocked is. out twice twice and the second person to knock me out was our old chief inspector clay who's dead and he's like oh yeah crazy now you're gonna tell me you saw skeletons tonight too and he goes we did <laughs> We did see skeletons. Everybody saw them. Kelton's well, well, having the worst day. Like, well, where are they all? He's like, that's the problem. We have to go find them. They're all missing, and I'm afraid that they got they took the wife and everything. We got to go help. What happened to you? How come you're all alone? I asked for lots of help. You sounded drunk or something on the radio. If I didn't see it with my own eyes. I'd never believe it. Believe what? It was horrible, and he almost broke my shoulder. Look, what are you trying to say? If you don't make sense, we'll never get to the bottom of this. Now, who slugged you? Inspector Clay. What? It was Clay, all right. Only not like we remembered him. Well, his leg was busted into, wasn't it? Next, you'll tell me you saw skeletons. We did, earlier. Now I know you're off your rocker. So they go and, and they, they investigate. They see Inspector Clay holding the wife, standing still. And they see the light in the distance. The way they keep showing the landed spaceship is virtually just a flashing light over a, a painting yeah. of the cemetery in the darkness. Yeah. That's and they see it. that. And he's like, I'm going to shoot him and save the wife. And he's like, no, guns won't work on them. We've unloaded clips on them. It doesn't do anything. He's like, all right, well, what if I grab a branch and hit him over the head? Because if guns don't work, branches over the head will totally knock him out. <laughs> 
sure as shit, <laughs> it knocks him completely down and they save the wife. Yep, they save the wife. But like while they're in there, they're, you know, they, I guess something happens to their equipment, like a, like a well, gun goes off and it shoots one of their. Well, he goes, he goes, well, I'm going to, oh, it's fine. He's not under my command right now because I didn't turn it on. But I'm just going to go turn it on. And he's like, hell, you are. And he starts fighting him. And mm-hmm. the two, husband and Eros, start wrestling. Yeah, they start struggling. The wife goes to flip a switch to make the, the uh, spaceship take off. Mm-hmm. And she's unable to because the other cop is trying to wrestle him while the other cop is trying, uh, while the military guy is trying to open the door. And he doesn't know how to. Because they're in a spaceship, yeah. which is virtually just a bunch of pieces of computers and old radios all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it just looks like a bunch of junk. Yeah. And they uh, they are wrestling. And as they're wrestling, they decide, Eros in, including, decides to pick up the machinery that flies the spaceship and chuck it at each other. <laughs> they chuck it all over the place. It starts exploding and popping and starting a fire. Yes, there's a fire inside the spaceship. And the three heroes... <laughs> decide to get out while the spaceship starts taking off they get out to safety and eros is knocked out on the floor and the woman can't pilot the ship it's taking off yeah. though and she starts screaming eros eros and it starts fogging up in there and it takes off and they all just sit there and they go you know they should be admired though they're way ahead of us and then the whole spaceship explodes in the air of a yep. fireball and those two people are dead yep they were dead. just trying to stop humanity from killing themselves. Yeah, they were just trying to stop us from, like, you know, doing what humans do, which yeah. is just destroying everything. And, and now Inspector Clay's body is turned into a skeleton as well. Yes. Yep. And uh, never to be heard from again. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> as Chris well, what about, what about uh, Vampyra? Yeah, we never see like, what happens he's to Vampyra. Like, oh, well, now that they're gone, she should just be a skeleton too. Yeah, they just assume that that was... They know. just... Uh, the, the actress uh, who plays Vampyra, she she did not like the script, and she asked to be mute. She hated her yeah. dialogue. She was supposed to have dialogue, apparently, which is weird because they're zombies. And she said, no, I'm not going to do this dialogue, and I'm just going to play this mute. Yeah, well, Tor didn't have um, any dialogue when he was a zombie either. No, which is... I'm guessing they were supposed to have a scene with Vampyra as the wife talking or something. She threw it out... She said she wanted to just, she hated it so much, I'm just going to walk around. I mean, it makes sense, because they're supposed to be mindless zombies, so why would she have dialogue? Yeah, and it's wild, and she uh, obviously got written out halfway through, because she doesn't do anything ever again. That's true. And she just disappears, and they're like, oh, she's dead too. Yeah, that, (laughs) they just ended. And they they ended it with going back to the narration, and... He tells us... Hey, Criswell. We, go, we come back to Criswell. And he says, I hope in the future that the future will be better for all of us or something like that. Better for mankind. Some, yeah. yeah like, and he's like, goodbye, my friends. <laughs> I will see you in the future. Something like that. Yeah. And that's the end. That's it. I know. I feel like we skipped so many great jokes and comments and crazy things that happen in this movie there's so much and i i probably can i can do so many lines of dialogue from this film but i feel like i'm not doing it any justice by the way i just explained this movie i mean you can't really do it justice by talking about it you have to see it 
Like, you really have to see this movie. Like, I don't care what kind of a movie person you are. If you're, you know, you like um, action movies, you like romantic comedies, you like, you know, whatever, horror. You have to see this movie just to say, I witnessed this. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't, if you ever hear the name Ed Wood from anyone, I feel like this movie is just synonymous with, like, the bad movie like this is you know the b movie well that's the craziest part since you i mean everybody has heard this is the worst movie ever made it is not it is not the worst and, movie. and ever in made. fact edward himself has made way worse yeah i don't we didn't care much for glenn or glenda glenn and glenda is a tough one but it's like so it's so ahead of its time that i can see why people like hold it higher yeah uh, it, it is extremely ahead of time if people it don't is, know yeah. ed wood was a cross-dresser mm-hmm. and felt more comfortable in women's clothing and he made a whole movie about that virtually about being wanting to be a woman and that is in the 50s that is super well, ahead of its time i can see thing. why people held held that one up. i'm gonna correct you when you say that he wanted to be a woman he did not No, glenn to... and glenda was about a oh, okay. person getting a sex change yes okay edward himself did not want to be a woman no, he, just, he just felt com- comfortable more comfortable in women's in clothes drag. yeah um yeah he was married to kathy for a long time uh, up until what he died yeah yeah up until he died he was married to kathy yeah um so unfortunately in the end in lo- of the end of his life he became an alcoholic and he started making really gratuitous films for no reason and he died only at 50 something yeah and 78 yeah that's a shame and he actually lived less than half these actors in this movie who are old older men in this movie who died in the 2000s yep which is wild some of these people i mean pretty much everyone in this movie has passed on there's no one left yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that they all passed up, passed away. They were all born in the twenties, mm-hmm. so yeah. It, but... It's just hearing that this movie is the worst movie ever made. It just blows my mind because there are so many worse movies. I have seen so many worse movies from the same era, same decade. That this makes me always shocked that this one's the one because. Even if you don't like this movie, even if you see something it's like all the problems in this movie, it's still so much fun. And it, there's something to appreciate with this movie. Yeah, I mean, you have to appreciate. And this this man, I mean, I think he genuinely thought he was making a good movie. I mean, he didn't have the, I mean, he didn't really have the common sense to look at what he was making and the scenes he was shooting to know that, okay, well, maybe this is a little off. That yeah. looks a little fake. That looks a little ridiculous, or this sounds a little ridiculous. And I know that his friends on the set had to be like, okay, Ed, you want to do another take? Because this is, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. It didn't go the way we wanted it to. And he's like, oh, no, just cut and print. Like, he, he was just that impulsive. Because they didn't have enough money for footage. Yeah, he was that impulsive of a director. He's like, oh, no, no, it's all going to come together as one good thing. It's Cut gonna... corners, yeah. save money. Save money, yeah. And you know, that's why he broke into, like, the, you know, the studio warehouses and took props and stuff because he literally had no money. Plan 9 was made for $60,000 that he got from these investors. Um, and they had so much, you know, writing on this movie and it ended up being a flop. And, yeah. you know, it's 
it's just one of those things. And but... it's funny because it just kept going. It, after the uh, people who gave him the money, they didn't get a re- uh, like a return. No. Basically, he snuck it out there and became culty in like the late 50s, I think 59. Yeah. He started getting re-released. Mm-hmm. And it became so, it, it became bigger, but he still, like, his his life did not get any better. Even, he didn't get to see that fame. Yeah, no, yeah. he didn't. He didn't. Especially the way the fans, um, you know, they revere him now as, like, you know, the best, worst director. Um, because he, he does he's have not a, even that either. Yeah. He does have a, a huge cult following. Huge. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he... He's made some fun, schlocky films that cult fans should eat up. These are movies that you should check out. Yeah. I would say Bride of the Monster is just as fun. It's not as good. This is the one that's, it's so much fun. But uh, Bride of the Monster is close. Night of the Ghouls also close. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're pretty fun. And it's fun to see Kelton's character keep coming back and getting in all these wacky situations. Yeah, it's like I guess the the one who made it the longest, who survived the longest out of all this, is um General Roberts, the uh, military. His name is uh, the actor is Lyle Talbot. Mm. He made it to ninety four, but uh, most of the cast of this movie died in their sixties. Some went to their eighties, but yeah, uh, most yeah. most died in their sixties. So. Yeah, there's no one left to talk about it, you know? It's like... There's been a lot of people who have been interviewed before they died, though. Yeah. A lot of these people talked about it. A lot of Some people embraced it. Some people didn't. Yeah. You know? I think the actor who played Kelton definitely embraced it, and he knew, and he did, like, little skits online before he passed away. Yeah. As Kelton, which is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And there's some people who did, and there's just some people who just refuse. The woman who's playing the other alien refuse to talk about this movie completely it's a shame it. because even you when know, fans try to reach out to her she did not want to no, all do that you know people vampire too she hated it people love this movie though like you know it's it's very culty it's very it's it's just it's very classic it's a classic you know bad movie and people love it and so i feel like you know it sucks that they didn't embrace it yeah but I can understand why too. It, it, it's, it, I think it's cool, and I always wonder how people are going to embrace fame as it comes along later in life. Yeah, I think that's always really interesting to uh, to explore. But I, I and you see a lot of people saying I hated it, and you see later on, like I love that movie, the best worst movie uh, about Troll Two, <laughs> saying like that that actor embracing it, like wow, this is amazing, you know, yeah. and going on tour for it, but then slowly starting to realize. It's not as popular as we were kind of hoping. You know, the same thing with Tommy Wiseau. It's like the popularity really isn't there. I know. You know, and it's sad, but at least they had a boom. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like that's in large part to... um, Here it's Tim Burton. Yeah, you know, like, and also with Tommy Wiseau, that's in large part to, um, what's his face? James uh, Franco. James Franco, the yeah. disaster artist well, movie. Well, yeah, Greg's book really blew And up. Greg's book, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think James Franco helped with both of those things. Yeah. We knew about it before Franco was even going to make that movie. Yeah. Like, we were fans. We were totally yeah. invested. We read Greg's book, and we were like, that this is... Yeah. But, yeah, this movie, I, I just love it. It's so much fun. It's so schlocky. Yeah. It's just a great time. And especially if you're watching it with a group of people, and you're playing, like, a drinking game or something it's it's just that much more fun so 
I love it. Yeah. So, well, this is the end of our turkey fest. And end of our turkey this fest. is your last, this is the last movie we're doing this year in mm-hmm. the turkey fest. So we've watched five movies mm-hmm. and we've ranked the other five in the last couple episodes. We kept ranking them. Yep. This is number one, right? This is absolutely number one. This one beats Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Absolutely beats Hard Ticket to Hawaii. But Hard Ticket is number two. Yeah. So, yeah, it's what I said before I how it. I ranked it. But, yeah, this is number one. Yeah. 1,000%. It's just, it never gets old. It's it's one of those movies you could put on in, you know. I think it's like comfort food. I actually love is. putting it on in the background sometimes. Yeah. If I'm doing, like, uh, art, like crafts or if I'm doing something and I'm yeah. making something. And I put something on the background to listen to. I usually jump to Plan Nine. Yeah, it's always like we sit and we just quote this movie, and we can literally like you know line which for is, line. Which just... is so funny because we butchered it in the explanation, the the whole rundown here in this episode. We, we're really butchering it. Yeah, you know, because it's like we just so many times we've seen this movie, and it, it, at this point now everything just runs together for me. Yeah. You know, I know. Yeah, there's so many scenes I know we did out of order, and it's yeah, like crazy. We, we probably because... did a lot of it out of order, but you know, it. It. I don't. It doesn't matter. I mean, we we've seen it so many times. Like it's literally part of my brain cells, and <laughs> but um, I can't. You know, I can't remember. You know, every bit of you know, for shot for shot of what order everything goes in when i'm seeing it that many times i should but i just don't like my mind is mush at this point <laughs> but i mean i i still love this movie i love it all right so yeah i guess that's it you want is there any other trivia or anything you wanted to add or i wonder if the makeup artist was actually colorblind <laughs> well that's funny the makeup artist i believe did not want any credit because him and edward got in a fight and i think the second a uh, person who worked on the set actually got the credit. Hmm. Okay. Uh, as, as far as I, I think I've read. Well, Edward wrote this in less than two weeks, and oh yeah, it definitely yeah. shows. That's it. I mean, he just wanted to make a an epic, an epic film on a small budget. Uh, he had more ideas that were super duper expensive, but he just couldn't pull them off because yeah. of, he had no money. A fun fact, too, is uh, I believe the co-pilot of uh, the airplane was a friend, and he just so happened to have his friend staying in his place and using his couch. And the head alien, the the commander, the, the boss of the aliens, he was one of the people staying on the couch. And that's how they met. And he just says, I got some friends. You want me to bring them for the movie? And he's like, <laughs> yep. So he just he brought two friends I believe one of the cops, the airplane uh, co-pilot, and the the head alien, who is kind of known for being played as Bill Murray in the Tim Burton movie. Oh, yeah. And it's true about his story about him wanting to get a sex change in Mexico and not being able to. That is all true. Oh, wow. But he was sleeping on his friend's couch, and that's how he got the role in this movie uh, there's some really interesting stuff behind the scenes of this is crazy uh it is one of those movies there's so many other movies i, I wish would get movies made about the making of and th- i'm so happy that tim burton did what he did with this and made a movie about this because it's so fascinating the whole story behind it is fascinating yeah and it's so good same thing with the room with time was there's so many others that haven't gotten that treatment that deserve it I know. Well, it, people do love the room. 
I mean, it yeah, has a no, yeah. huge, huge following. We huge. discussed it doing it this month, but we decided not to. Yeah, because it, it's too, I feel like everybody does it, you know? Yeah, Plan 9 is like that, too. I think the ones we've kind of picked kind of are somewhat. Yeah, except you're out of left field. Um, My maximum overdrive. Maximum left overdrive field. is like. I wanted to do a wild card. Out of left field. But, yeah, I think that this was fun this month. I, I had a good time doing the turkeys. But I will always say that Plan 9 is one of my all-time favorite good-bad movies. Love it. All right. So uh, that's the end of Turkey Fest 2022. Um, yeah. We're thankful for bad movies. And we're thankful for our listeners. We love you all. Have a good one. You see? You see? You're stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. That's all I'm taking from you. Get back here, you jerk! My friend, you have heard this incident based on recorded testimony. Can you prove it shouldn't have happened? Perhaps on your drive home, someone will pass you on the street, and you will never know it, but they will be tired podcasters from this very episode. Many scientists believe that other tired podcasters could be watching us at this very moment. We once laughed at the godsend the house on the bayou, Zombie 3, and even the monsters. And now some of us laugh at this very recording. God help us in the future.